All right, guys, welcome to episode 114 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week, we talk about uh, Catastrophe. We talk about Archer, uh, Bodies, 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 the uh, brand new hit movie, E.T., the extraterrestrial. <laughs> um, we talk about F1 Drive to Survive Season 2. Uh, we talk about Jamie Foxx, uh, you know, being underrated, overrated, not utilized, Um you know, we we touch on some horror movie stuff uh, leading up to the spooky season, and then mm-hmm. we talk uh, about some prey spoilers at the end. Uh, but mm-hmm. first, start with uh what we've been watching mm-hmm. and um i'll start with one very uh small one first okay. um that i actually don't have written down here but it is uh since i uh actually hmm uh actually i'll start with the fact that i finished catastrophe i don't think i mentioned that uh last episode no you said that you were close to finishing it okay all right so i did finish it nice um Ultimately, uh, pretty good. I think, you know, I, I think my stance before was that it's, like, not anything that I think is, like, must-watch TV. Um, but, like, overall, it's still funny. It, it, it's solid. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely got, like, some, some, like, spirit to it. Like, in terms of, I'm trying to think how to explain this. Like, it's not just jokes. Like, there's, like, a through line mm-hmm. um, of, like, a mood and, you know, some some things that happen. It's, like, kind of hard to explain without getting into any actual spoilers for the show. Mm-hmm. But, like, definitely has, like, some ideas. And the ending is just weird. Like, it, it was so, like... Like, to the point where, like, after I... After I... In a comedy show of four seasons with only six episodes, each episode being like 30 minutes max. Mm-hmm. I like had to Google the ending. I was like, is this? Because I had an interpretation. I was like, ah, that can't be right. And I Googled mm. it and there are two camps and one of them's like the thing I thought. And the other one's like, nah, not quite. And it seems like the the Rob and Sharon... um the two writers and also the two main stars yeah left it open on purpose um obviously and it kind of goes along with the through line of a lot of stuff that happens um and uh you know rob rob seems to like want to leave it more or maybe I, maybe rob legitimately thinks it's open-ended mm-hmm. um uh, but it seems like based on some of the interviews since the show has been done uh it seems like from what I saw when I Googled it, Sharon seems to uh, lean a little more towards the other interpretation, mm-hmm. um, which is a sigh of relief uh, for me. But, uh, um, you know, it's it's definitely something worth watching. Uh, 
and uh, you know, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah. So that's what I'll give it. Um, I was gonna say, what, what if, go ahead. I was gonna say one of my all-time favorite uh, series finales was um, the Leftovers, and they have a similar, okay. um, I guess, kind of ending where you know it's up to it's not up for interpretation. Like it could be, it's not, but it could be, and I think that's the best. I think it's it's not purposefully obtuse where it's like, what is it? Ooh, it's up to you. It's just kind of like here it is, and if you choose to believe it this way, you can. But if you don't, you know, if you don't want to, or if you want to believe, you know, the ticket as a matter of fact, you can. But if you don't, you know, there's other interpretations of it. Mm-hmm. This one, yeah, it's not even. Hmm. You're so, so. This one, you're just left with a thing that has happened. Not. Oh, man. Yeah, it's not even really a thing that's happened. It's a, it's a situation, and it's like, to me, the dark interpretation was the one that seemed to make the most sense because there's like one thing that seems to be very obviously put there to only you know serve that purpose, which leads me to believe like that's you know what I mean. That's where my brain automatically went. Mm-hmm. It's like you wouldn't put that there unless you wanted people to think that was an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, like I said, I think I think maybe they. Legitimately, they were just like, I don't know, think about it. You know what I mean? And it's not like necessarily a super thought-provoking thing, but it was just a wild um, possibility for the, that show to end that way. Mm. Um, but but overall, um, pretty good. Uh, the the problems I mentioned having in the first two seasons um, definitely lightened up in the last two seasons. Uh, just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... it. it I don't have that problem with the last two seasons. I think they did a better job of balancing some stuff out. So I think I would give it hmm, seven out of 10, which is like still a definitely like go, go watch it. If it seems like something you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I think it would have to be something you think you'd like, if that makes sense. Like if you go in and you're like, I don't usually like this kind of thing, but I'll give it a shot. I don't know that it'll be for you, but Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like dry humor. Well, not dry, but like a lot of situational humor and like kind of dry dialogue. Um, but it, it's still obviously funny. Um, if that seems like anything you'd like, then I would say go for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I, it's on my list. Um, it's just a lot of shows that have been premiering right now. And so I'm like, oh, I gotta start this one and start that one. But I should start it soon. Once there's All a right. little lull. And the only the thing I was actually going to talk about super briefly is that because I finished that show, mm-hmm. I'm now needing a show to watch at work um, on my lunch, and that has turned into Archer. Nice. Um, so, but I started it from season one because I'm a psychopath, but also because I know it. Like I know the first seasons are funny, and I haven't watched them enough to remember much. Mm-hmm. Um, like <laughs> episode episode it might have been two or three is with uh conway stern and it killed me the the black jewish guy <laughs> like, oh i don't think i remember this yeah because I, I i watched them geez those first few seasons 12 years ago maybe when they first premiered i think i was mm-hmm. still in high school maybe i was in college i think i was in college because i had hulu yeah, yeah so it's been it's been a good minute since i've watched so, so the reason they hire him is because um archer has has gotten uh like three other undercover agents killed and it's always like the undercover it'll like it'll talk about like 
so-and-so mysteriously, you know, or had his cover blown, and it'll be, like, Archer talking to him on the phone, like, hey, tell this girl that he's, like, trying to hook up with. He's like, mm-hmm. tell her we're really secret agents. <laughs> and then it cuts to the other end of the phone, and he's just standing there holding uh, the phone on speaker with everybody yeah. else pointing guns at him. <laughs> um, and he, it's, like, uh, a Hispanic guy gets killed, an Asian guy gets killed, and then, like, an African guy gets killed. And she's like, we're low on our diversity hire uh checklist or whatever so we hired uh conway stern who's like a black jewish guy she's like he's a what does he say he's like diversity hire uh double dip or something like that (laughs) just the whole episode kills me um but yeah show's great h sean benjamin's great um so definitely looking forward to get caught up on that and there's the benefit to archer for me is that I stopped pretty early, so there's a lot of seasons that once I get caught up, I can still enjoy new stuff that I don't remember at all. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's twelve. You said you got to right when they started to do the one-offs, and that was like six, five maybe? or six years ago. Yeah, yeah. They did a yeah. few of them. They did one in space. They did one on a uh, like 1940s um, Los Angeles. They did a like a pirate island one. Um, one more that I can't remember off the top. Um, uh, um, Vice, like a Miami one. Mm-hmm. There was one more that I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh... the is the Pirate Island a one-off? Because there is a I remember there's like a I thought there were it was just like a two or three episode thing in like one season, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. But that's the one where he gets all the people to play lacrosse, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. With like, um, David Spade, <laughs> not David Spade, yeah. David Cross. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. the pilot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, that was that was uh, solid. Um, but I do remember that. So that's probably the last thing I watched. Um, so yeah. Anyways, uh, looking nice. forward to catching up on Archer. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, um, I've been watching, so we both watched the same movie, so we can see that for a little bit. Um, yeah. but I'll do the two movies I watched and maybe if we have time, I'll sneak in a third. Actually, well, I'll do the two movies, but I'll start off by saying I started She-Hulk today. Um, oh, okay. and it was actually pretty good. Um, I think oh, really? all the little worrying about the fucking CGI was completely overblown. It looks good. And not only does it look good, it looks fantastic. I think, uh, most of the first episode is, um, Hulk, her and, uh, Mark Ruffalo, like, like Hulk. And they're pretty mm-hmm. much, you know, Hulk versions the whole time. And so, and they all both look really good. And like, and they, they got him okay. like harsh lighting and these like lab lighting. So it looks great. So that, that was all overblown. But in terms of the episode as a whole, it's really good. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, is that releasing like weekly? Like, uh, mm-hmm. I think there are all their other shows have, right? Yeah. 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 So okay. it should be over in like a month and a half and I'll talk about it in detail then. But, uh, but yeah, so the, the two movies I saw, I'll start with the first one real quick, um, is, uh, E.T. I saw E.T. in theaters. Okay. Um, they had a, a one week IMAX re-release. And so Sydney and I went to see it last Thursday. Um, it's still fantastic, right? It's like you watch it and you go, okay, that makes sense, right? It's it's like one of those where you go, yeah, of course, right? Um, mm-hmm. the, the kids are great. Um, the E.T. is is like the, the, the character is like you know, instantly lovable and the movie moves. And it, it could be actually a, almost a silent movie for the first third where it's just kind of you're watching it and it's all through just kind of visual storytelling. Um, have you ever seen it? E.T.? I have not. I've never seen E.T. It's a good one to watch with kids. I think it's it's a great family movie. I think probably, I'd say probably once your kids are maybe like five or six, I think they would appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely like a family movie. Like stuff happens where you're like, wait, 
but that doesn't make because it's it's more of a fairy tale than it is like mm-hmm. you know if you go well why did they let that kid in that room it's like well, it's just like you know we gotta right. go <laughs> into the story um but sydney came out of it she was like oh my gosh that was so good she was she was like i didn't realize it was going to be like a like a movie like a film like an emotional like like gut-wrenching like movie movie because she, she was like et you know like she was like, there's a tweet that's like, "ET extraterrestrial literally means like the movie. The title of the movie is Extraterrestrial colon the extraterrestrial." Yeah. Um, and so she was like, uh, you know, I thought it was gonna be like goofy, right? Because you see the fucking ET pictures and stuff, and you're like, oh, it's yeah, gonna be he like, looks goofy. Yeah, it's gonna be mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, little guy, I'm, I'm ET. Yeah. Let's go mess with some whatever. But she was, she was like, that's what I thought it was gonna be. And I was like, no, no, it's like a real, actual, like movie like a film um and in terms of like visually it looks it looks good right it looks great like i mean there's not much they didn't do this sort of like a restoration restoration or any kind of thing but what does sound great is the music um halfway i mean i'm sure you know you know you know the the scene with the bikes right with like the moon and the bike i mean it's like uh uh, let's put this way i don't know the scene at all but i can I mean, I can picture the, the bike, the bike going, in, the, in front of the moon. Uh, right? The bike jumped over the moon. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. yeah. So that happens about halfway through the movie, and up until then, like the movie, there was like a score. But then when that happens, when he's like, "Et, we're gonna fall off that cliff," and he, he like his like space magic, and he like levitates the bike across the moon, the score kicks in, man. It's just like fuck. That's awesome. That's so good. Hmm. Um, and so the sound is great. Um, but yeah, that's Et. I, I don't think. Um, go see one of the most successful movies of all time, I guess. <laughs> um, it, it's like uh, it's like Titanic. It's like it's like when you watch Titanic, you go, "Okay, that's why it won the Oscars. That's why it was the biggest grossing movie of all time." Like it just makes sense, and that's how this is. Um, but yeah, I would say if you have a chance, if you have kids, if you're like a five year old or six year old, I think it's a great like family movie. I think, um, and of course, it, it it's got like great topics of conversation because the, the family feels real it doesn't feel like this sanitized movie that you would get now like the kids cuss but it's not like fuck it's like the kid goes shut up because it's you know like family goes shut up penis breath and the mom's like starts cracking up and she's like elliot you can't say that like it's like realistic right like, it's not it's not overly um um blue but it's also not like oh dad oh shucks right it's like real right um but yeah yeah that's uh et um and imax i think by the time you're listening to this it won't be in theaters anymore but definitely rent it if you've never a if you've never seen it if you've never seen it definitely check it out even if you're you're a grown-ass person grown-ass adult um but especially if you have kids um and then the other movie i saw was a movie called bodies 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 um which is in theaters now and it's uh it's like a whodunit it's like a gen z yeah i guess gen z like these um early 20 year olds they go to this big man. They're all rich, and so they go to this big mansion during a hurricane. They're gonna do a hurricane party. They're just gonna get drunk and then just like wait out the storm, and then yeah, just pretty much party. And so then one of them, uh, they find him, and he's he's had he's they've had their throat slit, and they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he's dying. They're dying. Like, what what, what what do you do? Like, who did this? And it becomes like a you know like a knives out enclosed space one night like who done it like who we're gonna figure out the murder who did it right mm-hmm. um and this one i'm a little bit more mixed on uh because i gave it a two and a half out of five like basically down the middle um and i think the, the good parts are the acting the actors the actors are great 
um, the script, there's a couple of the scenes that it's pretty obvious that the director, writer director had them in mind and then sort of wrote the movie out of there, especially the last one. There's like this big confrontation. That's like a great big, big, big meaty dialogue scene. That's really, really biting and really good. Um, and then the ending, it all comes together really well. The cons are that you can't see shit. Um, because <laughs> so early on, they, you know, they're in the house, right? Um, but then the power goes out. And so you'd be, they'd be like, oh my gosh, the power's out. What do we do now? What would you think would happen, right? They would get on some sort of generator and there wouldn't be like lights, but there'd be like, you know, like auxiliary lights. So you could at least tell what was going on. Mm-hmm. That's not the case here. The whole movie from then on is basically lit by like phones and like flashlights and stuff. So it makes it very hard to know where people are, what's going on, if you're on the second floor or on the first floor. And then not just that, but before the lights even go out, the director doesn't do a good job of laying out the geography of the house, right? I think a good um, a good director would have done like, okay, you can mentally go, okay, they're facing that way. I remember there being a living room that way and the kitchen's kind of in the back because I remember seeing the, like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, you can tell where things are in a house if a director knows how to set up the geography. Um, I was telling Sydney as we were walking out from watching it. There, have you ever seen The Conjuring? Yeah, I, I believe so. There is, um, there's a scene in The Conjuring early, early on where um, they're moving into the house, like the, the okay. haunted house, and there's a long shot that basically follows them through the house. They're moving stuff up the house, down to the left. It's like a nice three or four minute, like unbroken scene, up and down and stuff. Um, but it works because then you go, okay, the kids are moving down that way. Okay. I remember there being a hallway down that way, even if it's subtle, even if it's like, um, but it, it makes sense. Right. And so, yeah, the conjuring, you know, it does that, but this one doesn't do anything like that. And so it's very hard to know when the lights go on, you're like, wait, wait, she was on the second floor. What's she doing on the first floor? Wait. Wait, there's a gym in here? Why was that gym show before? Wait, so, okay, wait. So she went fall, She went down some stairs, but then, like, the stairs, you know, it's just confusing. And so about an hour in, yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, please, somebody turn on, like, some lights. And I, I, <laughs> I talked to some friends, and they were like, I could tell what was going on. So maybe it was my projection. But still, I was just like, like, the filmmaking is so poor that I'm caught up instead of enjoying the movie, instead of being like, ooh, I can't believe she said that, or ooh, I can't believe they found that clue or that thing. Instead, I'm thinking, oh, my God. Like, it's frustrating. It's like moving in quicksand. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, over, like, is it worth seeing? I think so. I think the the script, like, so the script and the performances are very good. And it's only, I think, like an hour and 30-something. So it's not the, you know. And it's got good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So it might have, I think I'm the outlier because I think most people have enjoyed it. I think it's got like a 90-something. Sydney loved it. My friend Andy loved it. Um, so I think I was on the lower end. So it might be the outlier. Um, so if it sounds interesting to you, definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies um, and E.T. So E.T. is a 5 out of 5, of course. And then Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is like 2.5. Okay. Um, the only other thing I'll touch on before we... Uh get to the the thing we both watched mm-hmm. um was i did watch uh season two of formula one drive to survive and the crazy thing is that there was like a pretty significant gap between when i finished season one and started season two like for whatever reason i just like wasn't feeling it i watched 
two episodes, maybe, of season two, and then I finished the whole season in like two days. It's so interesting. <laughs> it's it's so it does such a good job with these storylines. Um, keeps you interested in each specific driver. Keeps you interested in the teams. Um, it's just really, really good. Um, I, I, I don't know what else to call it other than reality TV, but it's not like, you know. Sounds like a documentary series, TV. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Documentary series. Um, I couldn't come up with a fucking <laughs> good word for like a show that is a thing that actually happened and not scripted. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like that documentary series, like Hard Knocks, it does, they're so good at it, at least in the first two seasons. Um, I, I haven't watched anything else, but, so I can't speak to it, but man, it, it just does such a great job. Like with no ref point of reference for any of the, you know, drivers, like you get a pretty good feel very quickly for who each driver is, like their personalities, the problems they're facing in terms of like long-term goals, the problems they're facing in terms of short-term goals and, and the teams, like what they're having to deal with. It's just incredible. Um, the one thing I will say, and it's not even remotely about the show, is mm-hmm. that like, I can't believe, and maybe it's just the fault of F1 um, in general, but like, season one, Mercedes and Ferrari didn't allow them to film. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, it, you know, they were worried about how much of a distraction it would be. So, Mercedes has won like, I don't know how many of, like six of the last... So there's like a, there's a team, there's two aspects to the F1 season, which is that I think there's like a driver specific reward. Like there's like you win the driver's championship if, if you as the driver have gotten the most points, but there's also like a manufacturer's cup that happens at the same time based on the same races, which mm-hmm. is that like, I guess the best way I can explain it is like, just for example, if Ferrari's drivers finish second and third in the standings. And Mercedes drivers finish like first and seventh, which isn't the case. But like the first place Mercedes driver would win the driver's cup, but Ferrari would probably win the manufacturer's cup because you know what I mean? They as a team have shown that they are a better team. Mm. Um, But like, all I got to say based on any of that is that like, you know how nobody really gave a shit about golf until like a young, like competitive Tiger Woods just came in here, like took the thing by storm, and was like, yeah, like an all-time talent by golf, by golf, all-time talent, and by golfer standards, like kind of just cooler than all the other golfers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand how Lewis Hamilton's not a bigger name. I mean, he probably is a huge name because I feel like most people could probably only name Lewis Hamilton. Out I was of gonna F1 say, I was like, drivers. I was like, if you put a gun to my head, I'd be like Lewis Hamilton, and then that the the uh Helio. Helio. That's like a name. Castro Neves. Castro Neves. Is it my my old? Is that an old name? Um, I, it it might be. It, it hasn't shown up in F one yet. Um, the only the other big one, the other two big ones that I've seen in these first two seasons are Fernando Alonso, and he retired mm-hmm. um, after season one, and Max Verstappen's like the young up up and coming guy. Uh, but regardless of any of that. Lewis Hamilton, first of all, has won apparently like five of the last six years just himself. Um, Mercedes has the best car, but he's still clearly better than most people. 
Um, and he's just cool as shit. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he's humble. He seems nice. He's, like, the coolest looking. Like, he dresses. You know what I mean? I, like, I'm just like, yo, this dude's this dude should be your face for sure. I mean, I know he is. But, like, they need to, they still need to promote him more. Like, they need to put him in more shit. I haven't seen that man in ESPN commercials. I haven't seen him in Nike commercials. Like, I don't, I don't know what you got to do, but you got to get him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, F1 drives five. Like I said before, um, if you're not, even if you're not a racing fan, I would say if you're a fan of something like Hard Knocks, like you find individual storylines and shit like that interesting, um, this does it extremely well. Nice. nice. So that's my recommendation. Nice. And you said both seasons are on Netflix, right? Uh, yeah, I think there are four seasons. I th- four. Okay. There are three. There are three or four, and they are coming out with a fourth or fifth. Um, but I- I've only watched the first two seasons so far. All they're all on Netflix, and the first two seasons at least are incredible. So nice. that is that. So I'll let you move to your next thing. Yeah, and then the last thing I have is um, the movie that we both saw, which is uh, Prey on Hulu. Okay. Um, and so it's uh, it just came out on Hulu, I think, two weeks ago. It was, I think, it was originally a 20th Century Fox movie. I think that's correct. Maybe, or maybe they were developing under it, because it's, it's been purchased for a while. But anyway, Disney bought it, and so Disney owns Hulu. So instead of putting it in theaters... They moved it, moved it directly to um, Hulu. And I had, I had heard that the reason they moved it to Hulu is because apparently if if a Disney theatrically releases a 20th, 20th Century Fox movie, then that movie is going to be on HBO Max instead of Disney Plus. Or maybe also Disney Plus. So that's why a movie like um, West Side Story was on HBO Max and Disney Plus. So I guess they were trying to avoid that, but, uh, okay. but so, so I guess they didn't want it. They, they couldn't do both, so they couldn't do Hulu and HBO Max. So they wanted it to, have, but whatever. Maybe they just didn't think that it would be a, a big box office draw. Um, <clears throat> and um, it's uh, directed by uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who did Ten Cloverfield Lane, which I loved a couple six years ago now. Um, and it's about you know a young uh, Native American woman trying to find a way in the world, and then she meets this uh, intimidating foe. I guess I don't know. Well, I guess yeah. I, I didn't watch. It. I should have watched the trailers to see if they give away what the foe is. Do, yeah, do we'll we'll leave now? that for the last half of it just to be sure. Um, okay. I, I think you can figure out who or what the foe is. I think you can figure that out pretty early on in the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, even still, I don't know for sure that they that you would know that everybody. Front, knows. So we'll just leave it out for now. Right, right. But um, but yeah, I. Um, I loved it. Uh, Sydney and I watched it last Friday, and we both thought it was awesome. Um, I thought um, the action was nice and crisp and clear and just really well staged and done. Um, the cinematography was great. You have these big vistas, and it doesn't look like that mm-hmm. shitty volume fake bullshit from Thor. It's like they were actually out there like in the um, American West, like these huge vistas. Um, and uh, I think it really lends it a nice really sense of like realism. Um, because ultimately the foe isn't really realistic. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like one of those, like, it, I, it's 90 minutes and I was telling Sydney as soon as it ended, I was like, I could have easily done like another 10 or 15, not even of action, but just 10 or 15 of just like being in there so that when things happen to certain people, they like hit a little harder. 
Um, I'm not to say that they don't hit, but they hit like even even better. Like she, motherfuckers get their comeuppance, and I think ten or fifteen minutes of extra time with those people, when they do get their comeuppance, you would be like, <clears throat> "Fuck yeah, let's go." Um, but uh, but yeah, I I loved it. What what did you think? Uh, much as you said that you think you were the outlier for body body bodies. I think I'm going to be the outlier for this movie, uh, which oh. is to say I did not like it very much. Um, I mean, like, I will give you... All right, so the cinematography is great. I will give you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the action sequences were clear, uh, you know, and and by that, I guess I mean they were well shot mm-hmm. um, because we've talked about it before, like, uh, you know... A Marvel action scene is just all over the place. You know what I mean? And it's, it works because you're you're so used to what each character does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this was not that. This was very easy to follow. There's very little confusion. Yeah. Um. So I will give it those things. Um. Uh. I will push back personally on the idea of like 15 more minutes, and especially if it's 15 more minutes of not action. Um, I will be, I would be not happy. I would feel worse about this movie if that were the case. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think an hour, 40 minutes is like, based on what I saw, the perfect runtime because I did not want more. Um, I I don't think it's like, I don't think it's like bad. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if somebody was like, I really want to watch this, I'd be like, yeah, I mean like. I would never try to persuade someone out of watching it. Mm-hmm. If they, I would just be like, eh, I wasn't a fan. You know what I mean? That yeah. that, that would be my, uh, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's dog shit. I don't feel as aggressively bad about this movie as I do about Star Wars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I, much like your bodies, 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 mm-hmm. I think I would give it probably like a two and a half. Okay. Um, so what did you we'll, like we will... that the story was a little funky or... We will talk about that later. Okay. Um, so just for everybody listening, uh, because it's relatively new, and I don't know how much of it is a twist or how much of it is just stuff that should be known, um, we'll we'll talk about it very briefly at the end for probably 10, 15 minutes, I'd be my guess. Yeah. Um, but for right now, I would like to leave it at, I, I think it's a two and a half. Um, I think, I guess one thing I will say up front is I think the... I, pacing i wasn't crazy about Mm -hmm. and um the character slash plot development i wasn't crazy about um so that that's all i'll say here without Mm -hmm. having to get into any spoilers okay um so that's it um and that's on hulu yeah um my wife watched it with me she was also not crazy about it um i told you (laughs) I told you her review was like, I wish it didn't have, and then she named the main villain. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and the thing was, like, I wasn't crazy about it either, but I was like, if it didn't have that, I don't know what it had. Like, <laughs> yeah, it would have just been like a regular, it would have been like the first one. Oh, wait. I'd been like, uh, no, it had just been fucking, I don't know, like a, a shitty Pocahontas. Like, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, I was just—I I wouldn't go that far. That that was the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wasn't super crazy about it. We'll talk about it a little bit at the end here. Yeah, 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 and and yeah, just uh, yeah, I think um, I, I I really wish that they would have had this one in theaters. Cause I think it would have really helped it have that extra little 
oomph, you know, just to, to see the, the big vistas and stuff. And there's like a really great sequence, like in tall grass, which reminded me a lot of um, yep. the Lost World, Jurassic Park. Um, and there's also some really fucking gnarly kills. Um, I do think um, the main character played by uh, Amber Midthird, um, yeah, Midthunder, sorry, Midthunder, um, I thought she was fucking awesome. I thought she was really great. I thought she had like this really like, uh, well, well, it's great performance, but then also these big expressive eyes. So even when things t- take place at night or in the dark or they're only lit by fire, you see like her eyes light up more than like, you know, it, it's kind of like, um, Daniel Kaluuya's eyes in Nope. You know, a lot of a lot yep. of the movie takes place at night, and so you have these like big, expressive white eyes in the darkness. And I think hers is the same, where she like gives this great performance. Um, her and, and the actor who played um, her brother, I think both of them were really really good. Um, and apparently mm-hmm. that guy just be- got started acting a couple years ago, or maybe even a couple months ago. So I think it's like his his first role. Um, but she's great. I'm excited to see what she you know does next because I, I thought this was like one of those like. Kind of like uh, I've said before, like Chris Pine in Star Trek, like a revelatory performance. You're like, whoa, like, like, where did this come from kind of thing? Because I think before that, I I knew of Chris Pine, but I was like, yeah, he's like a romantic comedy. The only thing I feel like, like rom-coms, right? Like that. Yeah, yeah, like Lindsay, Lindsay, like, 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 I think Anne Hathaway or something. Like Ryan Gosling before fucking, you know, like he hit a couple big ones and you're like, oh, wait, like he's uh, a, right, right, exactly. He's like a legitimate actor. He's not just like, yeah, a romantically um, dude's attractive. Exactly. He was like in Princess Bride 2, not even one. He was in two. He was a love interest in that one. And so when you watch him in Star Trek, you're like, whoa. And I feel like that's like this, where you like, as soon as it ends, you go like, you, you know, Umber Myth, uh, Myth Thunder, you go, whoa, like, holy shit. Um, so I thought she was great, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's on Hulu. Um, if you want to give it a chance, and then you know we'll go more deep into like the, the the story itself, like like Tyler said, in a little while. I will say, uh, I wasn't crazy. Uh, like I said, I had some problems with character plot development. I think, but uh, I wasn't crazy about her character. But I think she did everything she could with what she was given. So like, I I think I agree with you ultimately that she did a great job. Um. So definitely, uh, I push it towards that. You know what I mean? I think she did great, and I, I agree with your statement about her eyes because there's a lot of scenes where it's dark, mm-hmm. and they they accentuate that aggressively with the eye paint, and it works. Like oh yeah, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever whenever she's got the eye paint, it it really really pulls it all together. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was a prey. Yep. Yep. So we'll talk about that later. Um, so, uh, what do you want to jump to next? Do you want to j- jump on your, uh, your thought corner? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ever thought corner. Um, uh, a little side. How much time was in the first bit? Uh, 17 minutes. Okay. All right. That gives me a good idea. Um, yeah. So, Ever thought corner. So, <laughs> I had this thought. Um, um, I was on Twitter. And people retweeted something about Django. Anytime somebody tweets about Django, like, wow, that's a great movie. People quote tweet it with clips of it or react to videos of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do, of course, the KKK scene or at the end where Django is, you know, back in the house and he's, like, taking them all out. Or um, the scene where he kills the Brittle Brothers. Basically, it's just a bunch of scenes, right? What? And so it reminded me that a couple weeks ago, I think I said the same thing where I was like, I was like, ooh, Django. And then I started watching it. I ended up watching like half of it. Did I mention that on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you did, but. Oh, so basically the same thing happened then. And I was like, ooh, Django's on Netflix. Let me put it on the background at work. And I ended up watching like two thirds of it. Just kind of like by accident. Just not like actually watching it, but just like 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 working and then looking over and be like, oh, I remember that scene. Right. Um, and so then afterward, it got me thinking. And I was like, where has Jamie Foxx been? 
because that movie came out 10 years ago, 10 years ago this year, 2012. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this dude is insanely talented, incredibly talented, right? His uh, great singer, uh, comedian, fucking has an Oscar, won an Oscar in the year that he was nominated in two categories, the same at the same in the same year, like basically something that's only been done like five or six times ever. And so, okay. like, where has he been? Like, what, what, like, why is he in good movies? And so I was just thinking, I was like, why, why, like, why? I'm guessing. I mean, you know, he gets to pick his roles. He's Jamie Fox, but I'm like, why doesn't he? You know, why isn't he working with Scorsese, right? Or why isn't he into Tarantino again, right? Like, why doesn't he become his new Samuel Jackson? You know what I'm saying? Like, why doesn't he yeah. try to do, like, these big Oscar movies? Because right now, and it also reminded me because he has some fucking vampire movie coming out right now with uh, Dave Franco on Netflix, which I've heard is fine. But I'm like, what is he doing doing these fucking Gerard Butler movies when he's Jamie Foxx and he has an Oscar, you know? Yeah. I think... All right, so personally... If I had to, I, I don't like, I'm trying to think of a good way to explain this because they're, they're wildly contradictory statements, but I, I still feel like it's accurate, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think that Jamie Foxx is immensely talented, right? Like he clearly has everything you would need, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is capable of everything, but I think simultaneously, uh, he really, really needs to be like reined in and put to work. Like, I guess you know what it is. I think he's got all the talent. I don't know that he has the instincts. I guess is the best way I could describe it. Because like in Django, he's great, and but I think the thing that works the most for him, or or that helps him the most in Django. Is that Quentin Tarantino is so tight on like what he mm-hmm. uh, expects and the way he interprets every scene? Like, like it is one hundred percent the way Tarantino wanted it. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like it's not like seventy percent Tarantino, thirty percent Fox. It's like a hundred percent Tarantino, and he's just relying on very talented people to bring that to fruition. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, because he doesn't really think, like wrangle him in right now, which I'm sure he's not doing with these fucking like Netflix movies. Right. And and like for example, I love Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. His character doesn't feel great to me. Like I feel he is out of all the main characters, he is probably be probably my least favorite. Right? Like mm-hmm. like out of Baby uh what's his name? Uh, John Hamm. Uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. John Hamm for sure. Yep, that one. Kevin Spacey, who tragically died in a hand grading accident. Um, <laughs> but like Kevin Spacey, uh, Ansel Elgore, John Hamm's character, John Hamm's character's girlfriend, who I don't know who that actress is off the top of my head. Um, I like all of those characters. I think they're all more compelling than Jamie Foxx's character, Bats. And the thing is that Bats gets plenty of like uh focus and importance and for whatever reason uh, when Jamie Foxx is doing his performance it feels for lack of a better word like a performance like it, it doesn't feel like that character feeling that way mm-hmm. um I, I think it's kind of like how we said it's a little bit like how we said with Will Smith where like a lot of 
like when Will Smith's at his best, it's amazing. But there are a lot of times where it feels like, you know, that character is Will Smith as that character. Like, like for there's something I don't know what it is that's like keeping me from buying in completely, and I'm seeing Jamie Fox too much and not enough bats. You know what I mean? Right. I'm yes, seeing yeah. too much Will Smith and not enough. Ali, I, I don't act. I've never seen it, so I can't. <laughs> like, you yeah, know what I mean? Right. But like, I, I'm like too busy. Like, it's hard to push away the Will Smith yeah. to see the character, and I feel that I, way about um, Jamie Fox. Yeah, he needs well. his King Richard because I do think Will Smith does actually put in a really great performance, and you actually do forget that it is him because, but it, it, it's a lot of work, right? Same thing and, with and the guy. Pursuit of Happiness, off the top yes. of my head, like that mm-hmm. one doesn't feel like Will Smith, but. There's a lot of other ones in the mix where you're just like, oh, okay. Exactly. You just took a check and you're here is what it feels like. Yeah. It's um, just it's so charismatic just naturally that it, it like you can't help it, right? Because if a guy was like more quiet or like more reserved, like a Paul Giamatti or a Philip Seymour Hoffman in, in, in their public life, then whenever they do a role, you're like, wow, this guy's really stretching his muscles, right? Um, right. So, yeah. So I'm looking at Jamie Foxx's IMDb. And ever since he – I think you're totally right. I think he just has to work with good directors at all harness his his, his 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 talent like i mean his i would say his second but his second best performance after ray is probably as um the taxi driver max in, in uh, collateral also you know the same year he was ray and that was a michael mann movie so he was like harnessing him him and he had tom cruise so he also had you know a bigger star there that was able to you know, sort of overshadow him for once and he had to actually act but in since 2012 django he's made a bunch of movies right but he, he's made, I would say, in terms of directors who I would say are A-plus directors, um, Baby Driver, 2017, and then Soul in 2020, Pete Doctor, he, it's a Pixar movie, and even that was in voice acting. And he's fucking great in that. He's great in Soul, where if you watch it and you hear his voice early on, you're like, that's Jimmy Fox. But after a while, he, he does actual legitimate voice acting. You forget that it's Jimmy Fox. It becomes the character of Joe. Um, mm-hmm. And so you go, dude, you're clearly, like, it's because it's Pete Doctor, right? So that's two. And then he also did a movie called Just Mercy, and the director is uh, uh, Desden Daniel Creighton. And he, he did, like, uh, Shang-Chi, and he did, like, a Short Term 12 and a couple of other small dramas. So he's not quite, you know, like, uh, Edgar Wright, right? But that's two movies right. that are legitimately good, actual, genuine, great directors in 10 years. And, and then at the same time, he's done an Annie remake. Horrible Bosses 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2, a Robin Hood like adaptation a show on Netflix called Dad Stop Embarrassing Me. Um, and then he just did that movie fucking Day Shift about the vampires on Netflix. So you go yeah, like and so what, like, Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, yeah, you know, I'm just saying, like so like what like what what the like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think a good um, example, and it, it, like I don't want to point to like one thing I've heard and be like, see, but um, I, I think the way I feel is backed up by uh, there's a very famous clip. Uh, I think it's a famous clip because I've seen it multiple times, and I'm not that active. Where mm-hmm. Jamie Fox talks about working with Tarantino, and when he first plays Django, and like his whole thing is that like Tarantino basically has to pull him aside. Have you seen this clip? Oh yeah. And he's like, you're being too, you're being too cool. cool." He's like, he's like, you're playing a guy who is a slave and you're out here like smooth talking, blah, blah, blah. 
And like Tarantino's like cut all that shit. Like he's like we're gonna get there, yeah. but you're not there now in this yes. scene. And to me, that feels kind of like exactly the problem, which is that like when a lot of movies when Jamie Foxx is in it, I feel like Jamie Foxx is like you hired me because I'm Jamie Foxx, and so I'm gonna do my smooth talking shit. Yeah, and I'm so like it, cool. Yeah, he doesn't turn off the charisma, right? right? Like he's just like no, this is just. This is me, and that's why you hired me, so that's what I'm doing. And ultimately, it's like, well, yeah, that's just Jamie Foxx, then. It's not the character. Yeah. Um, yep. And that, yep, yep. And it, it works, because in that movie, that performance is like that, right? Early on, he's very meek, very shy, very shy. But then by the end, he is Jamie Foxx, like that cool guy, right, with the, with the fucking... Right. But it feels suit. in character, because it's exactly. earned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It takes time, right? He gets a little bit of confidence when he, like, first kills the Brittle Brothers, and then he gets the suit, and then by the end, when he, like, comes in, and he's, like, got the two guns, right? He's like, I, yeah. I got two guns. I wonder, I do wonder where it sort of turned, because I, I scrolled down on his IMDb, and so, you know, he, he does um, Collateral, Ray, so, you know, his two big movies, mm-hmm. and then he does Jarhead, which, with the director, um, Sam Mendes, he did, like, American Beauty in 1917, and it was a critically acclaimed movie, right, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Miami Vice um, with um, Michael Mann directing, big-time director. Cool. Dreamgirls, which is a big Oscar movie, small role, mm-hmm. but still. Okay. The Soloist. All right. Okay. Joe Wright. He's, like, Oscar-nominated. Okay, cool. And then we do Valentine's Day. And you're like, yeah, okay. All right. Okay. And then he does <laughs> Due Date. You're like, mm, okay. Horrible Bosses. All right. What's going on here? And then he hits Django. You're like, okay, cool. Right. And so if you don't have, but and I'm looking, I'm like, if you don't have Janko, dude, you don't have like from the soloist in 2009 all the way to like Baby Driver. You don't work with an actual good director. You're just like mm-hmm. fucking Rio, Rio Two, fucking White House Down, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Like it's like, yeah, it's like a pitiful list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, it, you know, you you know the the have you seen that meme where it's like the dragons from uh, King uh, King Kong uh, Godzilla, and it's like. A, like a ferocious one, a ferocious one, and then like a goofy looking one. You know what I'm talking about? I, I haven't, but I mean, like I, I can imagine yeah. what this you're This would saying. be like the inverse, where it's like ten goofy looking dragons, and then like one ferocious one, and that one's Django, and then all the other ones are like fucking like bullshit movies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just a thought that I had that I was like, because I was like, where, where has he been, right? Because usually, like, you know, you you you, see, you say this guy won Best Actor however many years ago. You go. Oh, that's right. Then he worked with Tarantino. Like Leo Di- I mean, I know Leo DiCaprio is a one of one. He goes from all time director to all time director. But even a guy like uh, Adam Driver right now, like in the last five or six years, Adam Driver has worked with any kind of director that is like any kind of pedigree ever, right? You name a big time director, he's worked with them. Spielberg. Yes, I want to say that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Scorsese, Ridley Scott, uh, Noah Baumbach, like any kind of big time director, he's already worked with them in the last five years. And so what, like, why doesn't Jamie Foxx do that, right? He's got an Oscar. Is it because he's, like, people don't want to work with him? Or is it because he's, like, actually, I do like making $20 million from Netflix to kill fake CGI vampires. <laughs> and it could be. Like, that's that's just some people's thing. I mean, yeah. I, I feel weird drawing the parallel. But, I mean, like, that's kind of what Will Smith did, right? Like, Will Smith right? was like, I'm going to just fucking churn out some shit. And then every once in a while, he... he I actually give a fuck. He takes, like, some Oscar bait movie to try and flex some chops in terms of, like, uh, God, what was it? Uh, uh, the CTE one. Oh, uh, concussion. <laughs> Tell the truth. You, you have a Tell concussion. <laughs> Fucking shout out to uh, Rest in Peace of a Dagger Voice. <laughs> <laughs> you have a concussion. Uh, <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> but, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. But, yeah, like, that's. 
that's the thing and it, it just uh yeah i feel like he should be capable of more because you know we started he's like immensely talented he can do so many different things he can legitimately voice act he can sing he can, he can legitimately act he is funny like i i don't know why it's not coming together for him but it just isn't <laughs> like what's the song he had not alcohol not blame it on the alcohol the one before that one the one with uh, uh unpredictable that's an all-time song you know oh uh, yeah i think Ludacris is on it um I've heard that album's great. So, like, what like, is should, should he go back to making music? Should he talk to call Quentin Tarantino and be like, "Dude, please put me in your last movie," or like, I, like even Denzel, right? Denzel is a big time actor, but he does like his Equalizer shit movies. But he's also in like, I mean, Fences and also fucking what is the one he just did with Fellow? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll do some Shakespeare to go along with my with equalizer equalizers. Movies. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does like, he, he, you know. and well, I was gonna say I was like Man on Fire, but I love Man on Fire. Have you ever seen Man yeah. on Fire? That's a great. Wait, one. is that is that the one with with uh, Dakota Fanning? Yep. Yeah, that, okay. that's a great movie. The only, I mean, like, it is a great movie. The scene I remember is the scene, I think he's catching the bullet. Like, he keeps racking the gun and catching the bullet. Oh, yeah. Afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 But, but, movie, yeah, that movie's on, great. Like they say on Twitter, that movie went platinum in my house. Like, they used to play <laughs> it that. did. All, my, my parents used to play it all the time, yeah. Um, But, yeah, just a thought I had. Because I was like, you know, it's kind of like one of those, like, it just doesn't fit. Right. You think Jimmy Fox could be a list, right? He had like a he was gonna do a Mike Vick movie, yeah, Mike Mike Vick, uh, Mike Tyson movie. I was um, gonna say Mike Vick movie is a wild choice. <laughs> well, Mike Tyson is too, if you know, yeah. remember this, you know why he went That's to jail. True. So, um, but that never came together, and that was gonna be Scorsese, but then that you know just kind of fell through. But uh, isn't yeah. that weird that we allowed Mike Tyson uh, a redemption arc, but like. I mean, I guess we allowed Michael Vicker Redemption Arc, but, like, it's not quite the same. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. And, like, and we you... fully embraced Mike Tyson. We're like, oh, yeah, he's just an old guy that smokes weed now. And, he's and got a face tattoo. Does... He just has a funny, yeah. funny voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Vicker, like, he did play I... for the Eagles afterwards, well, but that's about it. <laughs> I think if you talk to 90% of white people, they hate Mike Vick's guts. Like, they I think so, too. They, they will never forgive what he did to those dogs. No matter yeah. what he does, no matter how much money he gives, no matter how much rehabilitation he's shown, like he, he's a completely different man than he was 15 years ago. They love those dogs. Yeah, um, that was that's the that's like the weird thing that's like kind of hard to argue, which is that like I'm not saying that like it was cool or that like we should ignore that he did it to dogs, but it's like he's also like you know kind of done a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that's the whole point like right yeah. isn't that the whole point yeah isn't that why we want we prison to be rehabilitation exactly. you know what I mean? like, want him to change and sometimes yeah. people come out and they're just like yeah i did my time i'm moving on like he didn't even do that he was like i changed i saw the error of my ways and not only that i'm gonna give money for like dog causes i'm gonna be not just not against the cause i'm gonna be like legitimately like actually the other way around toward the cause like more than most people ever did Right. But, uh, yeah, some people, they don't forget. It's hard to, uh, you know, it's hard to look your dog in the face while he licks inside your mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's be like, Roof? I'm like, what? Kill Michael Vick? He's like, well, you know, the dog's just thinking, like, you are my vessel of food. <laughs> right. 
um, but uh, yeah, do you have anything else? I can, I can wrap up the episode or the normal part of the episode with like a quick little shout out. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so you know, long time listeners of this podcast know that every Halloween I list I watch this old like four hour documentary that used to be on Bravo from 2004 called 100 Scariest Movie Moments, and they basically mm-hmm. just count down these like scary movie moments. And um, I've talked about here how it's on YouTube and how I watch it just to put me in the mood. Um, and it, it, it and nowadays it's, it just kind of puts me in the Halloween spooky mood or spooky season mood. But back when I first watched it, it was an incredible introduction into horror because back then I was 2004, I was 12, 12 or 13. So back then, mm-hmm. you know, I watched a horror movie or, you know, you know, the big ones, right? The Exorcist and Blair Witch right. and you know, Michael Myers and stuff. But watching that as a kid there's like oh it's this one called reanimator or this one called you know the, the last house on the left and, and they would talk about it and you'd be like what are these movies and you realize that the world is much bigger and there's so much more to horror than what you had thought and so it was a great introduction into that mm-hmm. um and so then yeah i love the series from back then um and then this week there was news that shutter which is like a, a streaming service that is exclusively for horror they have shows and movies and stuff and they have low indie movies and big budget ones um that's a very um, niche space they announced that they're going to do a new series called scariest moments 101 scariest movie moments um mm. i i it wouldn't i saw a tweet where somebody mentioned it like you know if you if you watch that one this is a new one i don't think the i, I don't know if the creators of the new one are aware or they're trying to do a new version of the old one um but it wouldn't surprise me if they did or if they followed a similar-ish format um okay. but uh yeah it starts fuck, i should have gotten a date it starts early september and they're gonna do i think it's in five or six parts and so they're basically gonna do one every week up until halloween um okay. luckily one of my friends has shutter and she's already said she's gonna let me borrow it because i was like i gotta get shutter for like seven days and then watch all of them okay. and she was like you don't have to do that i can just let you borrow my shutter um so yeah so if you if you like that original one if you have shutter definitely check this out um i think I'm hoping that it's as good of an introduction into the horror space as um, as that original one was, and and I'm excited to you know maybe give you know ask my friend if I can borrow that shutter and show it to you know my sister or my brother and be like hey you know you guys you don't really watch horror what about you know these or um, Sydney as well I told her I was like you know we can watch it it's I doubt they're gonna it's gonna be like they're gonna show everything right I, I think even right. though it is on Shutter and it is streaming it's not bound by TV. I doubt they're going to be like, and here's the shot where the guts spill out, <laughs> right? I think yeah. they're going to be a lot more um, reserved, a lot more uh, judicious in their in what they show. Um, but uh, yeah, that's 101 Scariest Movie move, movie Moments, uh, the new series coming to Shudder. Fuck, I should have looked it up sometime in September. Um, but uh, yeah, and then of course, still watch, I'm, I'm probably still going to watch the old one or have it on in the background while I work <laughs> during October. It's just such a great little, it's like creepy and, and I love sort of the interviews they get, what they get. Um, I, I have mentioned before, he's a little sad because literally like every fourth person, cause it's like, a. did you ever watch those VH, VH1 shows where they'll have like Pearson yeah. standing in front of like a green screen? It's like that. Mm-hmm. So every fourth person or every fourth or fifth person is, um, dead so it's a little sad because yeah. it's like here's john Ro- here's uh, george a. romero he did zombies passed away here's wes craven <laughs> passed away here's the director or, or the star of reanimator i think the director of reanimator he passed away so it's like every year i'm like oh, that's so sad 
but um, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, but still, <laughs> a, a great series um, on YouTube. And and I think I said last year, some kind soul in between two years ago and last year, some kind kind soul uploaded the whole thing on a three and a half hour uh, video. So bless them, it's on there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my recommendation um, for a series that's coming out soon. Good deal. Uh, I guess the only other thing I will mention that's coming out soon is uh, I believe the Saints Row reboot is supposed to come out early next week, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately, the only thing I have to say about it um, is that, one, I hope it's good, and two, there's a review embargo until the day before it comes out. Mm-hmm. So, very worried. <laughs> I mean, if it's like, if it's like you know, movies we talked about here before... It's either a great thing or a shit thing because Nope embargoed its reviews up until the day before, and it got pretty—I mean, not like fantastic, like all-time reviews, but it still got pretty good ones. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing I'm not sure about is I think some people may have gotten their hands on it early, but I still haven't heard anything. Um, and probably because the people who got their hands on it early are probably also not trying to get all their accounts banned and shit. So, um, <laughs> exactly, just probably staying quiet. So, uh, fingers crossed, hope it's good. I think, uh, you know, Grand Theft Auto hasn't done anything in, like, I don't know, a billion years because they're just fucking coasting off that Grand Theft Online money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it'll be nice to get uh, a breath of fresh air in that same kind of genre. And then also, I always thought that, uh, at least after the first one, that Saints Row has done just enough to, like, really differentiate itself. Um, so, as long as they can keep that up and still, you know, make it a fun game, uh, and lively game with a lot of personality, I, I still yeah. think uh, it should be good. I always do wonder if at Rockstar they have like a big giant fucking bulletin board that has a giant page piece of paper that says, "Here is the Saints Row line. Do not cross this line." Like in terms of goofiness. Yeah, they have to. Um, the the one thing I will give it though is that the it seems like this one's not going to be as goofy. Uh, I think they said they're aiming for something between. Saints Row 2 and Saints Row 3. And Saints Row 2 is, uh, like, considered uh, mood and personality-wise, like, very similar to Grand Theft Auto, but it was a more full game than 1 was. So, like, a lot of people view Saints Row 2 very fondly. And then Saints Row 3 is where they were like, all right, let's get kind of goofy with it. Um, and, And people loved it, too. A lot of people think 4 is a little too much. Um, I loved four, but they said they're aiming for something between two and three. So I don't think it'll be as goofy as you imagine Saints Row, but we'll still have a little more personality than I think Grand Theft Auto has. Um, I think Grand Theft Auto is fine, but like ultimately its personality just kind of comes down to like, like uh, just like uh, a, a criminal. You know what I mean? Like that's like yeah, the ultimate right. thing is just like you're, you're some guy who's dealing drugs and dealing with bad people and blah, blah, blah. Like, it has a little more going on than that, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. But that's uh, that's my up-and-coming uh, section. But Thanks. that'll be the episode for this week, other than the mm-hmm. short bit we're going to have after. Uh, so if you want to catch me, you can catch me at Bags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Evercaster92 on Instagram. You can catch the podcast at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter or email us, differentanimalspodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next week. Later. Peace.
so now we have our uh, play spoiler related section. And uh, before I go on any sort of rant, uh, are there any moments that really stuck out to you in terms mm-hmm. of like uh, what worked for you in this movie uh, that yeah. you really enjoyed? Yeah, I can do, uh, I guess I can think of three that just kind of always popped up into my head. I think anytime that they do, you do a night scene, you usually get that blue hue, which makes sense because mm-hmm. you gotta, you, know, you don't want to be fucking bodies, 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 but you don't know, you don't see what's going on. Right. But I think anytime a movie, or I guess in this case, a video, uh, no, my, my thought um, was a video game does it, is anytime it's like pitch black and there's just um, light from flames, I think that mm-hmm. is so. Um, it's a, it's it's evocative and there's a great fertile ground for horror in it. I think there's a great sequence in The Last of Us Two that is like that, where you know, mm-hmm. all the nighttime scenes in that video game are all that sort of moonlight blue hue, which makes sense. You know, you can't have mm-hmm. it become in darkness. But there's one sequence where you're running through the woods and it's raining, and it's just pitch black except for these like flame torches. It looks great. Right. And I think there's a scene like that in this movie. There um, is, and, and the one thing, so I do think it looks great. I think one of the things about it that makes those scenes work so well is that because the light is being so, um, like concentrated, mm-hmm. I think directors really, really have to know what they're going like. Uh, much like to, we said, yeah. much like we said, they need to plan beforehand mm-hmm. because when you're doing something like that, like you have to plan so much for it to look good. I think those those scenes always come out well because, like, if they didn't come out great, they would come out awful because yeah. it'd just be like dark and people talking. But like, the fuck's going on? Yeah, here? a couple <laughs> of flashes here and there. Yeah, you have to know exactly where to place the torch and have it bounce off just right. Right. Um, yeah. So the one why... thing I will say about that that threw me off though is it is pitch black. And the the you know the only thing around for light is torches, but like they put out the torch, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, I get why they have to do it so it's not just pitch black darkness. But it was weird seeing like it go from a extreme contrast of like black and fire. Mm-hmm. They put out the torch; it's immediately blue. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think what I, I like that. Um, the last of us two gets around that when they're running, it's like raining and it's like cloudy, and so they clear they reach this clearing on the top of a hill, and like the cloud, the rain has stopped and the clouds break and the moon comes through, and you go, oh yeah. okay, right. Um, and I wish they would have done something like that in this one where you like she like looks up and then like sees the the moon break through and you're like oh, okay, and then you look down and it's like that blue, even though that's not what it would look like. I think yeah. that would have been a nice little uh, band aid between the two. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then the two other scenes I really liked, um, there was uh, a long take where she takes down these like French dudes. That was fantastic. And it's mm-hmm. like all long, one long continuous take. Um, and then the scene with the predator in in like the fog. I thought that one was great where they try to trap the French trade, uh, traders. Trap yeah, yeah, yeah. traders. I thought that was great. Like the scene where that guy he, like grabs the guy like by the... the throat and then activates his shield and like cuts that guy's head off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will say the 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 kills are all great in mm-hmm. this movie. Like and very unique. Single... Each one's a little different. Mm-hmm. Even in the heat of the, you know, like even in the heat of the battle, like they're all pretty unique and done with a very specific thing in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will give it that as well. Yeah, one guy does like the uh, shoot him and it bounces back and kills him thing, and then yeah. another guy gets like cut in half, and then was another cool one that i really liked um oh the guy he like falls over on a tree and he throws the net the the, the like, tightening net and it like 
basically like dices him with the oh yeah, yeah that yeah. was great yeah so i think all the i think i mean that's the big difference between something like this and then something from the 80s where it would just be like you know, gets blasted. Yeah, gets blasted. Yeah, stab, explosion, stab, explosion. Exactly. Like, this guy gets stabbed in the gut, and this guy gets stabbed in the gut. That guy gets thrown against the wall, and he like falls over, and you see like close up of his face, and his eyes are open. He's got blood coming out. And you're like, oh, he's dead. Um, I think each one of these, somebody was like, how can we kill this guy, and how can we kill that guy? Right. I think each one of them is um, shot in such a unique and distinct way that you're like, fuck, like must have taken forever to, 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 to film. Yeah. Um, because there's so many. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, those are a couple of scenes that I, I really liked. I thought the design of the Predator was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I thought early on I was a little worried because, you know, he comes in and out of his, like, invisibility setting. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, are they going to have him just, like, be CGI the whole time? Like, I was like, I mean, it looks good, but, like, you know, I'm a, I, I just want to, you know, I'm a sucker for a guy in a suit. But then when yeah. he starts to fuck those dudes up in the fog, it's like a dude in a suit. I'm like, god damn, it looks great. Yeah, it does. Um, so the all right, one CG I think that did not look great, and it's not it ultimately small potatoes. And I think the bad looking CGI is immediately followed by an amazing looking thing, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. See, the first time you see the ship go into the clouds from up close, that looked awful. Yeah, um, like yeah. with like the red lightning into the clouds. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, immediately following that is probably the coolest title card transition I've oh ever seen. yes yeah it's so good because it's just With like panning boom. up and, yeah. it, and then like it it's just panning up into the sky and then all of a sudden like as it continues to pan up the like the title prey comes into view mm-hmm. i remember like that's such a small thing but i remember when it happened i was like yo that was kind of dope <laughs> yeah and it has like the the copyright 20 2022 20, uh, century yeah. studios i love yeah. yeah yeah it was it was great um so i think uh ultimately the thing all right so it's gonna sound like i'm saying like one whole thing ruined this movie for me and i'm not like trying to be that guy but it it, like ultimately affected the the pacing and like the story for me in a way Mm -hmm. that i i think i kind of have to feel that way which is that um i think so I, i looked online just to see other opinions to see like maybe some things i've missed maybe some things i don't get and one one thing I will say that I saw people say mm-hmm. was that the thing this movie got right, and I'm going to disagree here in a certain way, the thing this movie got right is that the one of the best parts of a movie like this is the hunt. And it's it's not necessarily the action. Like, there is a suspense to the hunt happening. Um, and I agree with that statement completely i don't think this movie got that right at all and my my problem with it is that um so the thing we weren't sure about if if you're supposed to know or not is whether if you're supposed to know it's the predator um because the first time you see it it's like you know you just see the shimmer of the cloak you know what i mean and then you hear a sound but if you haven't seen a predator movie forever i don't know that you recognize that sound yeah yeah so with that being said um, I do think the one thing that gave it away to me, despite already knowing it was the Predator, was you can clearly see, like, the dreads. Like, whatever, mm-hmm. like, I don't, they're not really dreads. You know what I'm saying? Like, the the hair or whatever yeah, that the Predator has. That's what I was telling Sydney. She was like, he has dreads. I was like, yeah, but in the in the, in the original, they're, like, very, like, dready, like, hair. In this one, they're much more, maybe they did it on purpose. They're much more, like, tentacly. They're, like, 
like singles, yeah. like strands, like squid tentacle kind of things. Yeah. But they're still styled like dreads. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. even mm-hmm. even amongst the the invisibility thing, like you can tell the dreads are there very early. So that I could see that being a giveaway for a lot of people. So with that being said, um, like knowing it's the predator, so much of this movie, and it like to the point where I was like, is that like the predator is hunting? random shit and the the uh the the tribe uh the main character brother are hunting random shit like like they're like there's a person that's hurt we need to go hunt or not hunt but like we need to find them and like predators like there's a bunny like (laughs) yeah and then like it's like, well, just, and then yeah. they're like, all right, here's the person that's hurt. What hurt him? We think it's a lion. So they're like, all right, let's get the lion. The predator's like, let's get this wolf. And then like, like it, it, there is a hunt, but they're like, the stories aren't even related. And like, there's, it, it, it hurt. Like, there's no suspense for me between the two because up until at least halfway through the movie, neither of these two people, groups of people, even know the others exist. Like, they're just fucking out and about for, like, half the movie just doing their own separate thing. And, like, in a movie like The Predator, where I do think part of it is the hunt, so little of this movie is, like, the predator hunting the people. You know what I mean? Like, it, it plays such a minor role in a thing that, to me, should be the most important part of it. Yeah, and that really I, I just, like, I just me out of it. Yeah, I guess I just took the the predator. You know, when he when he first the first thing he kills is the snake, and he's like, I think they just drop him in, and he's like, I'm a big game hunter. I'm a I'm I'm eons ahead technology wise. I'm gonna come in and you know just kill some things, kind of like no different than like a dentist going to Africa with a fucking laser sighted right. shotgun. Um, and he like sings the snake, and he's like, Is this it? No, I killed that with ease. And then he sees the wolf, and he's like, Ooh, maybe this is the apex predator here. And he dispatches that with ease, with ease. And then he finally sees the bear and he kills that. And that takes a little bit more time. And then he's like, maybe this is it, right? And then eventually he runs into the guys who are trying to take her back. And he's like, oh, wait, no, these are the Apex Predators. But even then, it's just like the ones with weapons. It's like he he like he's like play, he's like trying to play a video game on Rookie where he's like, or, you know, he's like, I'll give you something to it. And then he sees um, the the main female character and she he's like, well, you know, she's she's just like like nothing she's not even like part of the apex predators that's why she like lets him go right. i think at one point when he's she's caught in the trap so i think i think yeah. also she's in a trap that's like the least predatory thing like exactly so i think uh, i think specifically he's, he's things like, in traps are generally prey <laughs> yeah he's like giving himself like a little bit of like a, a challenge but not enough to be not enough to differentiate himself to being like dude you're fucking like an overkill asshole dentist from Minneapolis, who's killing a lion just for the sport of it. It's like, yeah, you're not killing the cubs because you're like, well, that's a cub. Or like, you know, or like, you know, um, a female gazelle, you're killing, you know, a rhino, but you're still an asshole because you're, they're not, you're, we're not equal here. Right. And so I think, and I do, I get all of that, but to me, that's like not really that compelling to me. Like, like, and especially because like you said, it's all a fucking joke for him, right? Like even, even ultimately, I think, I think ultimately, even the bear 
if I'm, I could be wrong. It's it might be the wolf, one of the two, the bear or the wolf. Like it, like almost made me laugh out loud because I really think it's the bear, but I, don't hold me to it. It's charging at him, and he just like punches it in the head, and it just like fucking ugh, eats the shit, like eats shit in the ground, like oh, right after the, he punches the, it in the head. Um, yeah, in the beaver dam, because then she's hiding inside it, and he, like, falls Yeah, through. yeah. So, like, a bear is charging full speed, and, like, I understand there's a little bit of back and forth, but, like, ultimately, he, like, he decides, like, all right. And he just, like, punches a bear in the head. And it's just, like, I understand he's not a regular guy. But, like, with that being said, that's not, like, compelling to me story-wise to just see a guy kill things easily. You know what I mean? Like, like right. you can show that. But maybe let's just limit that to like twenty five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, like not halfway through the movie before we start to move on to the ultimate thing that is like the ultimate conflict, right? Yeah. And it's just uh, like I said, it just really hurt the pacing for me because like there's also the uh, I'm gonna say the political implications, but like uh, I just mean like politics and the way people talk about like office politics but like the politics of their tribe right like like what it means for her to be a hunter um versus her brother and like they touch on that but they really only like touch on it a little bit and kind of scratch the surface like they give you the most basic amount of like uh like you know what my head literally went like basically what they told me was like "Eh, it's like mulan um, like, <laughs> like women should be not fighting and men should be fighting and she wants to fight and there you go. Like, that's all they gave me. So like, they mm-hmm. give me like very little in terms of the hunt because they're not dealing with each other. They give me very little in terms of the tribe politics. I feel like they give me very little of the conflict between the colonizers and the tribes people. And if you yeah. read the, if you read the synopsis of it, um, let me, let me, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Cause yeah. I've read a little synopsis. Yeah. It's and like, like I, I agree with you about you know more between the tribes and in the in the fur trappers because that's kind of where I wanted the ten extra minutes to be in and that kind of stuff or even you know the the extra ten minutes in you know more like you said more time with the um her relationship with the tribe I think that's where the extra ten to fifteen minutes would have been in and they're fleshing it out more especially with the fur trappers you know you get more relationship with them and see them kind of being maybe condescending assholes maybe not just to her or maybe you know when she they're captured maybe they're dickheads um you know for a couple more minutes so that when then they get fucked up especially the the main dude with the giant coat when he gets his like you know leg cut off and then he gets fucked up you're like yeah fuck him what you were but i think you know an extra 10 minutes here or there would have been even more yeah and like man like uh there's no i don't feel like the main character has any growth in in the movie like you are very early on led to believe that she's like wildly talented um, because she's sitting there throwing the axes. She's like putting X's on trees from a distance. Um, like she's wildly talented uh, in, in combat of some sort. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. she's intelligent. You know what I mean? You get that because even her brother's like, look, you are, you know what I mean? Like you catch things. I don't care. I guess he says that a little later on, but like, that's not like a new thing. You're kind of led to mm-hmm. believe that at the very beginning. And, like, the ending of the growth for the character is like, yeah, all those things you already thought were true. And it's like, well, that doesn't help. <laughs> That's not... Okay, I guess. Um, she she goes from, like, regular access to, like, the deadliest weapon when she... 
Oh, that was disappointing. She fucking comes up with this idea of putting together the fucking uh, wood. Like the little, um, what's what would you call that? I don't know. Uh, I'm just call it the wood. But like to make the rope out of it. To, to bring the axe back. Oh, oh, the the like that stretchy bark. Right. Uh, so you get of... that, and that's super dope. And you see her actually use it like once. Um, and I was like, this. They they spend a whole scene of her like putting it together and practicing with it, mm-hmm. and then she uses it like once with the fur trappers, and that's it. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's in that take that you're talking about. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, and then when she's like so, pulling herself out of the mud, with, like throwing it like. Like the, yeah, uh, and even that just is like that's just a setup for a later thing. You know what I mean? Like that's not even oh, yeah. really that important for the character specifically. That's just like kind of bringing her to an event. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I felt like this has gotten great reviews. I'm if I'm not mistaken, and I was just expecting a lot more, and I just felt like I got like very base level stuff i think she was great uh like i said i think she did well with what she was given i just don't think there was a whole lot there um there's like the dickhead guys in the tribe but like ultimately that conflict is is like nothing really like there's the one scene where you're like oh shit's about to get real right where Mm -hmm. she's uh you know they have the fight and then they tie her up yeah but before that, it's just like a couple guys being like, "Oh, you suck," and you know what I mean. Like that's that's what it amounts to. Then there's the big scene where you think the conflict's coming into play, but then immediately Predator's there, and it's like, "Well, that doesn't," you know. <laughs> yeah. And Predator just like deals with it for her extremely quickly. Um, so, uh, you know, like I said, if I were to get nitpicky, like one of the things I noticed mm-hmm. is that. Uh, he shoots the, the laser, uh, he, the three lasers are on the one dickhead tribe guy, right? And he, when he's standing yeah. out in the field and he gets shot. But the thing is, is he's facing away from the people. So the people would have never seen the three dots on him because he was, it was on his chest and he was facing away from them. Mm-hmm. But then later she sees the three red dots. Uh, also, when he sees the three red dots on him, he has the normal reaction for a person who's never seen a laser in their fucking life. Which is, what the fuck is this? Like, he's just looking at it and, like, running his fingers over. He's like, this is crazy. That's a natural reaction. When it happens to her, she sees the lasers and she's like, oh, he's about to shoot. Get down. And I'm like, you wouldn't know that. Like, if this is the 1700s, you would have no idea that that's what that is. Because you didn't see it before. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't have. That's like a nitpicky thing that I'm not really going to like knock the movie for in the grand scheme of things. But, uh, you know, otherwise, like I said, I think it's just an issue with the pacing and like kind of like when the story started to be the thing I wanted. Also, yeah. like the thing with the lion was very short. Like the like her, oh, her the trying to prove she can deal with the lion. You know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. her, uh, whatever that word they use is, like the trial. Yeah. Um, it's like on the tree with her and she just like stabs it and falls off and that's the end of it. Um, I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot more that could have been done with the specific conflicts that I think would have been like a climax, right? That mm-hmm. seemed like it should have been a huge moment and it came and went very quickly. And I think the scene with the tribes people that were, you know, saying she wasn't good enough, that could have been a much bigger scene and it ends very quickly. And I just think we take too long to get to the predator versus the main character. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. More time, like with that. That that's kind of, yeah. Like when when I was talking about more time, I wasn't really saying like more predator time because I think we get plenty of predator time. But 
uh, more like time like like that, like what you're saying, like more time doing those things that would have fleshed it out a little bit more. Um, yeah, so and I guess I guess maybe, hmm. I, I yeah. So I I think if you gave me more time in that way, I think I would be here for it. I said earlier that I don't. I I think I would be upset with more time, but I think ultimately I would be upset with more time because I assume that time will be used in the same way it was already being used, mm-hmm. which is like if I got 15 more minutes, it would be 15 more minutes of them, you know, walking around and talking about something. And then like two minutes of like the thing that I want to be an important conflict being resolved very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so either way, uh, I, I think I'm in the minority. Like I said, I think it's gotten great reviews. Um, you really liked it. Sydney really liked mm-hmm. it. I just didn't think... Um, I just felt like it could have been more. And and should have been more. Because I do think ultimately a lot of the base... Uh, a lot of the foundation is good. If that makes sense. Like, like there's there's a lot to work with there, and I just don't feel like they utilized it as good as they could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think you and I are the same in the bodies, 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 and and pray. Where I'm the same way. Where I'm like, the story is so good, but like, it just didn't come together as well as it could have. And and I think we're both in the minorities for both respective movies. Yeah. So, um, but pray, uh, go see it. I guess you know what I mean. Like, I, I again, I don't think this movie's like terrible. Um. <laughs> Uh, I just don't know that I would go out and start asking people if they've seen it. You know what I mean? If someone yeah, was like, right. yo, I heard there's a good Predator movie, I'd be like, yeah, if you want to watch it, go ahead. You know what I mean? I, I mm-hmm. Like I said, eventually I'd say, like, ah, I thought it was okay. But yeah. I wouldn't be like, ooh, it's terrible, don't watch. Like right. my friend who fell asleep watching Morbius in the theater, and he was like, I'm going to go back and watch it. I was like, I don't know if I'd do that. <laughs> You're um, like, you fell asleep during it. Why would you put yourself through that again? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's Prey on Hulu. Uh, mm-hmm. so definitely give it a watch if you're interested and, you know, maybe you can tell me I'm out of my mind and this movie's great, or you can tell ever he's out of his mind, uh, and the movie's trash or yeah. vice versa with bodies, bodies, bodies. Be like, nah, that shit was incredible. And there was, I, I knew the geography of the house. Yeah. I knew exactly where everybody was. You must've been <laughs> drunk. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's the episode for this week. Um, stay safe, stay entertained. And we'll catch you guys next week. Later. See you.